Saul. And Jolene. And today we're at the Dundercon convention. Yes. And you sound like you're questioning me. <laughs> Sometimes so we, I don't know where I am. And we have three people sitting in front of us. Felipe Morales, Philip, and Kathy. I shouldn't have said Felipe's last name, but I did. So. Well, Good morning. <laughs> so, oh, anyway, so we have, we got here yesterday. Uh, there's been a little bit of a, of a what? A little bit of problems here and there, growing problems. Ah, it's a convention, that's what happens. Yes. So, uh, Felipe and Phil have both been playing with me, and we've been playing together for more longer than we care to remember. <laughs> no, it's been about, yeah, since at least, when did you start? Okay, let's, let's ask Felipe's, the man himself. Yeah, when did you start to play some Crusaders Club and Stag the Clever? Oh, no, he's thinking. Um, let's see, I was probably 1980, probably 1980. 80? Wow. I think early. so. So 1980, you went to Steinbeck Library, which is a, a library in Salinas, California, and... Almost. Uh, Almost. If you recall, we started off at the Santa Lucia Library. <laughs> oh. Wow, that's right. I totally forgot about that one. Remember the three kids uh, that showed up? Uh, and they, their parent brought them and abandoned them. Well, no, kind of. <laughs> I don't remember that. Why do we have to find, take them home or something? No, no, no. But they were all blonde little kids. And oh, I don't remember that at all. Were they? Were they was that? It was on the east side. That's absolutely. Oh. Very impressionable. Yeah. Yes. So we had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So we started there. We were there for how long? That was a cool library uh, room. Remember, it, right. it had that sort of Star, Star Trek uh, uh, bridge style yeah. angles. Yep, yep. That was a nice hotel. That was, but the only problem was it was real far away from where we lived. It was literally on the other side of town. Yeah, that only lasted, uh, I don't know, three or four months. Oh, and that was the only reason was because I couldn't get a room at Steinbeck Library, oh. which was the main library. At the time, yes. Yeah, the, the, the main branch for the whole county or city. So then we moved to Steinbeck and definitely got more kids to go to, uh, or more attendees at Steinbeck because at San Lucia it was kind of like, wasn't that many kids or that many people going. But when we went to Steinbeck, we had at least two players. I two thought, people. I mean, considering we were out in the edge of town, yeah. I think we got a, quite a few people to show up. But Steinbeck, I think, had more people. Is that where you met them, Phil? At the Steinbeck Library? No. Yeah. No. No? Where did no. you meet us? I met you in... He's good. He's good. I, don't know I think I'm good. <laughs> Way good. <laughs> I'm feeling great, bro. Uh, no, I met you in a class in geometry. I didn't meet oh, either you, of you, you till were, you were playing. You were playing at the Steinbeck Library? I was playing at Steinbeck Library, but I was playing at uh, the... What do you call it? The F FAA building at North Salinas High School. Oh. For about, I don't know, six, six seven months, maybe a year. I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? Yes. There was a little annex in the front, well, not the front, in the back of the, near the parking lot of okay. North Salinas High School. Oh, Salinas High School. Yeah. I didn't go to I didn't, North, oh, North, North Salinas High School. No. No, I had you in class. You were there. Okay. <laughs> I remember geometry class. Yeah. But you were playing D&D before that, though. Yes, yeah. But you, who were you playing with then? Uh, Jim? Foster? Yeah, actually, uh, Jim Foster, but there was also uh, David Feeney, okay. another guy, Larry Walker. No? No, I don't know. Oh, no, really? <laughs> and there was another guy, uh, John. I can't remember his last name. Okay. Shot his eye out. That oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that guy. Yeah. I, I do know that guy. Yeah, they were he playing used, in... He used to play at the Steinbeck Library. If you shoot your, also. Eye, your eye out, you'll be very memorable. Well, it, <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny because, like, he was a normal kid, and then I saw him after he shot his eye out, and, like, he was wearing a patch. And I thought he was for role-playing, right? I go, oh, this guy wants to be a pirate. <laughs> I'm like, and I was, I go, hey, look. I go, what'd you do, shoot your eye out? He goes, well, yeah. I'm like, you're freaking kidding me. And then he showed me his unky, gunky eye. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, dude, really? He goes, yeah. And he told me the story of how he was playing with a gun, right? And he dropped it out of his hand. He tried to pick it up, and he grabbed <laughs> the trigger, and boom, shot his eye out. And maybe a little brain damage, but I don't know. But he was always a little wacky kid. But, yeah, but he played at the library. And so John I'll run off on a tangent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, I played with John later on. Yeah. Way later. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was at the library, but you never went to the Steinbeck Library. No, I went to the Steinbeck Library later on. Okay. Because they were playing on the weekends, and this was after school, and during lunch. Oh. At Northlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. Uh, and I was there at the Salinas at the time of doing this. So was it incognito yeah. drummer at the time, I guess. Yes, I was way undercover. Yes. The secret agent. So how did you guys start playing? I mean, it wasn't a club. It wasn't an actual school event or anything like that. No. Okay. No, it was just an empty uh, couple of tables that were there, and they were they're already playing the game. So I just so I just walked up and watched them, and I they said, "Do you want to play?" And I'm like, "Sure." There it is. There it uh, is. What grade was this, though? Ninth. But I did start playing with Jim, uh, eighth grade. Oh. Yeah. And this is gonna sound kind of weird, but we used to have gym together, and so when we were passing through, uh, we would play D and D a little bit. Passing through what? Passing through gym class. <laughs> How does that work? In other words, crossing each other yeah. in the hallway, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. How did you play crossing each other? A, a word at a time. That's <laughs> <laughs> like play by mail? Play by mail option here? Is that what it looks like? Uh, I think so. I think, we, I think we were playing, what was it? Elsa Cell Junior? Was it a Elsa Cell Junior High? Okay, I went to Washington Junior High. Yeah. So we were playing uh, with, I was playing with, uh, role playing with Jim, and I think another guy or two, but mostly it was Jim, and I think it was the second edition of the rules. Oh, yeah. Well, That's crazy. For, was that yeah. AD&D or second edition? Second yeah. edition AD&D. Right. Oh, no, not even that. That's like, what, the step up from basic set in the box? Well, I don't know. Well, there was AD&D, and then it came out with second edition. Yeah, no, this is pre-dat. Um, this is like yeah, basic set from like... Initial yeah. stuff, it's like oh, the, the blue experts, box, right? Yeah, the blue box. Okay. And then they had yeah. the expert set. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Wow, yeah. look, we're experts. Yes. <laughs> and just Welcome to seventh thing. grade. You could play. You could play higher levels. I think the, the blue box was like one through six levels or something. Yeah. No. We kept out. Yeah, we we started at twentieth level. Felipe is looking at me it's a game. We can pick anything we want. So I was like, it's the 20th level. Let's just max. Well, see, I think you had a more typical experience running or playing games, D&D, when you were a kid than we did, right? Because, like, we were like, well, we you played with Mark, right? Is that how you started playing? No. Uh, I started playing in high school. Uh, oh, okay. One of my friends uh, had a box, the original Red white box, yeah. and... He said, you know, he was talking it up and said, oh, yeah, sure, I'll try it. Uh, because we were, I, I was in various uh, clubs, and one of them was the chess club, which he was in. And so, and he just made something up. He had a, came up with a little dungeon thing. He did do the thing. dungeon thing. Yeah, he did dungeon thing. I went, played solo, and uh, it was fun. Yeah. It was and there was actually some, you know, role playing involved, um, considering just hack and slash, yeah, yeah. Uh, which kind of gave me an idea that this was something I was interested in. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I remember you talking about D&D for for a while at school. I mean, at the school while you were playing and bringing home these stories. I got to play D&D. Oh, okay. So I was very excited to play, and so you know. Kept badgering Felipe to play until he finally broke down. Well, he didn't have, we didn't have the rules, too. So he had a mimeograph or copy the rules, so it's, it's always funny. He says mimeograph. If you don't know what that means, it's an old style. I don't know if he actually mimeographed it, but he definitely copied them. So, no, so, by that time, we actually had yeah. Xerox machines. Xerox machines. <laughs> Not the drum thing. So, uh, so you played in, in junior high, and so that was before I met you. Uh, you were a, a freshman when I was in, a senior in geometry or something. Were you a, yes. You were a freshman? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, was a, I was a very bad influence on the <laughs> on Philip because I was a terrible student. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know you played. I, I mean, I, I met you, but I don't think we talked about it. No, like that. no, no. And no. it wasn't so much. I didn't start playing with you until I came back from college, I thought, in 1991. Because I remember Nirvana was just hitting and we went to your place, your apartment, somewhere over there off of Rossi Road. Was that? Was that did you have an apartment over there? Rossi or somewhere by yeah. Davis, North Davis yes, Road? Yes, we, we were in the same apartment. Yeah, complex. Same complex, yeah. And then I went to visit you to play, and Jim was there. And I barely remember Jim, and I'm like, and you had Nirvana playing. I'm like, who is this? And then you said some 
very off-color remark that I can't say. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> I go you're like, you don't know who Nirvana is? Like, incredulous. And I'm like, no, sorry. And then he started going, I know you. And then he told me that you were my... And I totally remember now that you were in my, in my geometry class after that. But uh, that's pretty funny. Was I there? Yeah, yeah. You, you were there. Yeah, that's when we lived on Rico Street. Yeah, Rico okay. Street. That was yeah. the name of the street. And we were playing Jim. Jim was trying to start a... Uh, Middle Earth. Middle Earth role-playing game. Right? Yeah. Right. Oh, that was the first time you played with uh, I think that's the first Phil? time that I remember. But he said he played at the Steinbeck Library, so I might have been there at the same time. Maybe. Maybe. It was a while ago. It doesn't recall. I saw Felipe there. And Mark, for sure. And then there was a bunch of people I didn't know. They were the older kids. Okay. You know, that we're playing and That's cool. So what do you like about role-playing games that you st- stuck with it this whole time? I didn't. I didn't stick with it this oh, whole did? time, no. When, no. Did you, uh, when did you stop then? Hmm? I think it was after the second yeah. edition. Okay. Yeah. They got into the third edition a little bit, and I don't remember what year that was. But 2000. Then, yes. Yeah. Basically, it's when 17, 18, we all graduated from high school, and... We started going our own separate ways. People uh, were wanting to work. There was uh, college. Yeah, college. There was uh, partying. There was, uh, of course, <laughs> uh, there was women involved. Oh, women! Oh, oh well, sure. Oh. Yeah. Well, they wanted to go to the gym. They wanted to work out. Okay. So then, when did you start playing again? You weren't out for like years and years, though. Yes. Okay. Yeah, years and years. I played board games and card games on and off throughout the years, but like role playing, only at conventions. If I went, and there was a time span where I didn't see any of you guys for what several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it seems like you were like in and out. I could see you like when somebody got married or something like that. Yeah, but that, that when was Don got, <laughs> when Don got married. When Don got married. <laughs> well, hey, I, was, <laughs> I was like, what? That was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like, what, 25 years? 30 almost? No, I don't think they've been together that long. But they might have been together that long, but they didn't get married until... How long did it take for them to have it Tyler? Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Because I don't remember. Tyler, Tyler was born in, like... They have teenage kids now. So. Well, Tyler's yeah. like 18, right? So let's say 20 years ago. I thought Angie's oldest boy was the younger boy when I went over there and saw yes. him. I go... Oh yeah, he's still in high school, right on. And then we go, no, no, no. That's that's, the that's our one. yeah, that's our middle kid. The one's married and has kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> beard. So yeah, so, no, but you know that that is a a lot, a lot of typical stories about people who play when they're very young. Because a period when they stop playing, you know, they put away childish things, right? And then they get reintroduced somehow, somewhere through you no know, various ways. And their kids ask about it, and they're like, oh yeah, I used to play that or whatever. But luckily me, I never stopped playing. Felipe never really stopped playing. So you're like more mimic the type of gamer experience that people have. They they play when they're young, they stop, and then later on they yes for role playing games, but board games, card games, some of the miniatures, yeah. And it was only at conventions. If I wasn't at a convention, it wouldn't it wouldn't come up just because people were too far. You know, I wasn't right. working and. Cool. And then there was the dreaded video games. Oh, that's right. Uh. <laughs> Did I really curb it to your? Oh of yeah, it made him a hermit. <laughs> well, I was turned on to World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. And it was over. Was that? Oh, That's geez. 15 years ago. I started playing the Burning Crusade, and that was the second expansion. I'd have to check on the year. Yeah, Jolene kind of kept me out of that because. I would say 2005, 2006. Okay. Quite a bit. I was playing a little bit, but not as much when uh, around 2006, 2007. I was dedicated like four to five hours a day. Wow. <laughs> Easy. Don't tell my son that, okay? <laughs> yeah, but he was an adult already. I know. Sure, sure it was. Well, by age, not maturity level. Were you at the level where uh, I can't go out tonight? Uh, I got a raid. (laughs) No, but I would race home from work uh, not to be late for a raid because if you're not there on time, they start without you. They replace you and then you're you're just out. You're out of luck. And I had to be a standby for a while just to make sure, you know, just to show to them that the group that I could be there on time and not totally flake out. So, were you like, a, what do they call that? Were you in a, a guild or whatever? Uh, not a guild, but just like just a, a group guild. of guys and gals. Okay. Cool. Yes. Yeah, I never got into EverQuest or anything like that. That's kind of funny. That's kind of good. Uh, Jolie did not like the idea of the subscription service paying every month thing. No, I thought it was the greatest thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, closest as a role-playing game as you could get, because over the years, 
not only do you see the development of video games and graphics and computers, and I'm dating myself here, you know, we're talking like pre-internet games, (laughs) you know, and actually they can, you know, do these type of map quests and work together as a team and talk to people, and they're actually like real people. A bunch of them. Yes, I think that's that's why popular those you know video games have become so popular because because of that social aspect about it. You know, instead of playing by yourself, I and mean, everybody was happy doing that. But once you include other people, you to talk to them. You know, Leroy Jenkins, right? That's what's you know that drives everybody crazy. But but I think that's one reason why you know uh, was it MMOs or so. Oh yeah, popular. they were popular. Yeah. You know, very in the early two thousands. So what's your favorite game? Role play game. My favorite role-playing game yes. today, right now? Yeah, what's that you, you that you look back on and go, man, that was a good game. Oh, uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Really? Yeah. Why? I played the most of it. We okay. played it for years on end. We'd play every weekend, almost every weekend. I was playing it at home with my stepfather and my brother. And really? Mom. Yeah. Before I started going to the library, that's where we would play. We'd play with the neighborhood kids and... Um, a couple of times was at the library, I don't know if it's still there, across from the strip of the fast food restaurants on Main Street. Yeah. Uh, Gavlin? Yeah. Is Gavlin it Gavlin? Yeah. Yes. So uh, we played there just a couple of times, and I think that's where I met actually David Actually, they Fiend. just tore down that library. They tore it down? Yeah, they tore it down. Yeah, they're, build, they're building a whole new one. Yeah, well, it was oh. kind of small. Oh, really small. Yeah. I think that's where I met David and uh, John, or Larry, one of the... That doesn't have a conference room or... No, we just played in the middle of the library. There was just a table. (laughs) (laughs) And then they shushed you or anything like that? No, no. There was nobody there. Oh, no, but there was... No, no, there's librarians there. No, you could talk. It's essentially one big room, so you can hear everybody. It's like when you go to the library right next to our house, the West Valley one. They have a community room, though. Do they? Yes. It's really tiny, though. It's just like a huge... Yeah, but they they revamped it over and over again. So actually, they have a nice community room, which I've always thought about starting a club there. But now it's like I have too many things going on to start a club, (laughs) a DD club, a role playing game club. But that's cool. So yeah, so you've been playing a lot in school, in libraries, at home with your dad. Yes, that's pretty cool. Yes, we he would make up a dungeon and it would be totally like off the wall. Like we'd open the door and there would be a dragon, (laughs) and then we'd go to the next room and there'd be orcs. You know, oh, that's the classic. <laughs> oh yeah, classic. totally like out there kind of stuff. That's cool. What are you flipping? Uh, I don't have a favorite game. Oh, maybe a f- favorite experience? No favorite adventure? Uh, the staff campaign. The staff campaign. I can't think of any at the moment, but other than I do remember playing. Well, Mark had a lot of great games in, in Traveler. Yeah, yeah. So and that was primarily because he did a lot of good prep. And also did a table uh, where we would do some role playing, and then when it went to combat, he'd have a miniature table layout yeah, set up. He was really into that. Yeah, he loved traveling. So, and and considering that my first experience with Traveler was like, uh, eventually <laughs> that was Mark, a, that was a Mark made it. Uh, he redeemed Traveler <laughs> yeah. for me. You're right. I, I, I didn't like Traveler. I thought it was mainly because I thought it was it didn't it didn't mimic Star Wars for me, right? For me, and so I'm like, well, how can it not mimic Star Wars, right? But so I probably preceded Star Wars a little bit because it was, I think it came out in 1977, so it was right at the same time. So, but Space Opera did because Space Opera incorporated stuff from from Star Wars, so it seemed more like the niche that I'm not. That one he went to, but uh, but you're right. I remember playing Traveler with Mark, and he was really good. He was, you know, sometimes he was a little bit, uh, what do you call it, not adversarial, but he didn't show favoritism a lot. But yeah. he's still running good, dude. There you go. Yeah, my first experience with Traveler was uh, going over to. Uh, I got invited to somebody's house that I didn't know. These were uh, they were older kids, seniors, I think, and they had us make characters. And then they did a interview. They seat you by yourself and said, ask you, why do you want to go on this job or why do you think you're good for this mission? And it, was, it was kind of funky. I mean, it was obviously role-playing, but it wasn't something... That you ro- were accustomed to. Yeah, it wasn't something that I was accustomed to. Yeah. But then it went from that role-playing experience to, okay, let's play this almost a miniature-type game. 
where we played on a sheet of lined paper, and they, you know, your a little dot on the paper was your squad, and a little dot on the paper was the enemy, and it was just a, a dice game as opposed to as opposed to individual uh, actions by by the characters. So that kind of that was my first. That is weird. Traveler <laughs> game. So then a role play game into a tactical small dice checking game. Well, but if you think about it, at that time, that was D and D was basically the role playing aspect. But then all of those people came from a miniature kind of thing, right? Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't know the, the the kids, so I have no idea what kind of background. Well, how did you get them? Somebody invited me. That's cool. They're from oh. school, so uh, they knew. They, they had heard that they were going to run a traveler game. Cool. So why do you like playing role-playing games? You've been doing it uh, since you were a teenager. I don't think you've stopped. I mean, I think... Well, I've liked typical. games in general. Uh, role-playing games just uh, allows you to play something that, that isn't yourself. Uh, you get to uh, imagine other worlds. not role-playing, so uh, that doesn't really appeal to me. Uh, they say it's collaborative, but it tends to be whoever has the most vocal uh, or persuasive voice to convince everybody else this is what the direction we're going to go in. Uh, that's what it seems to me. So um, I talked about that, about the um, those kind of games, and I told him I wasn't I wasn't sure how they would go because what if I don't want to do what the person is saying? Or exactly. I, I disagree no, I, with I've, the I've, thing. I've done some of them and. and Essentially, been overruled on my storyline, uh, even though I, you know, everybody has their own favorite. But so, so I, every, but yeah, I'm willing to give. It should be a you know give and take, and I, I usually don't push my my my. It becomes like whoever has a strong personality. Exactly. The loudest voice. Okay, so the, the ice machine guy just filled the ice, so we decided to pause. And uh, anyway, so yeah, we've been playing a long time together, off and on, I guess. And uh, we're, still, we're still playing. Now we're playing online. What do you think about that experience online? Using Roll20 or whatever you use? I think it fills a niche for people that can't get a regular group together yeah. or want to play something different from what their group plays. Uh, so, it, I think it helps to have the video component because then you can take visual clues as to whose turn it is to talk or, uh, or the, the, even the expressions uh, that people make give you some clues as to what's going on. Uh, and yeah, when you're looking at each other, you kind of you know, when somebody's about to talk, you can, can you kind of tell so you don't talk over each other as much. You know, I mean, it does help I mean, if you look at the cameras. What about you? You like, you know, you play role-playing games online with us, so... Yeah, I like it. Yeah? But it's it's correct. You need to, have, you have to remember, you have to be mindful of other people. And just because one guy is really vocal and he wants to do everything and wants to go on and on and on, you got to go, okay, and you got to switch. You got to go, <laughs> Yeah, and, the spotlight to somebody else. Yeah. Okay, Johnny, what are you going to do? And, you know, and, and there goes, might be somebody who's a little bit quieter. So yeah. yeah. Or they're just like, you know, there's not much to do for them. And it's like, okay, what do you do? It's like uh, dodge, defend, whatever, you know, so, and that's all he does. Yeah. And, and he goes, end of turn. And it's like 10 seconds, and then you go back to the other guy, and he's having this full-blown conversation <laughs> about how he's, you know, creeping out of the, um, <laughs> creeping, <laughs> creeping out of the, uh, you know, the end through the chimney, and he looks like a demon monkey, and what do the people in the end, you know, think of him, and can he fit, and what's he doing, and there's a tree there, and how tall is the tree, and can he climb the damn tree, you know? I had a lot of fun with you guys doing running the paladin. I, it was really weird for me because it was a, a written adventure, but I had a lot of fun seeing everybody on Skype and talking because because then I got to hear you because you guys aren't where next you don't live next to me, so I get to hear you and see you guys, which is was was a lot of fun for me. I don't know how good the adventure was. I killed people's horses because of a table, and then in the second that was fantastic. In the second <laughs> adventure, I got to the table and Kevin I'm all, deserved it. I'm all, you know what? 
I'm not gonna, because it, it said, what? have everybody rolls to see what kind of damage they take, and I'm all, I already did that. It said, horse dies, I'm all, no, I'm, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so, oh, oh really, that was, I guess, really was, yeah, it reminded him of the old days, because he's like, I don't really right. like that table. Tables are, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where it used to be at. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of understand that idea of the table, but. The one row and something happens that is really out of your control is kind of well, you know, maybe that's well, it was based on stats, so. Oh well, at the very, at the very beginning, it wasn't. There was no roll; it just rolled this number, and if you, there was nothing to mitigate it, you know, it was like roll through between ten and twelve, your horse dies. Roll between thirteen and fourteen, you fall off your horse and take the. There was a stat though. Remember, right. I found it. Yeah, found it. I had never seen a table before. That was the first time I'd ever like that. And I'm like all, a, mom, it was right in the middle, and I'm all, this is so weird. But I went ahead and did it the first time. Well, you, you got to also remember that before the role playing uh, or D and D started, there used to be a game called Wilderness Survival, and the original map for D and D was the Wilderness Survival uh, board, and essentially you'd go out as a solo person and try to survive in the wilderness and they had all these tables that you would roll on to uh, try to figure out whether you could survive or not. I don't believe that. Neither did I, but uh, I think I did see Wilderness Survival, but never bought it. Oh yeah, I remember that game. It's a Avalon Hill game, isn't it? Yep, yep. Yeah, I didn't know that's what the point, that's what the point of that game was. There's also the aspect where it was teaching us how to play the game, and so there's like the random encounter table, like the horse died. Yeah, and also, yeah. just so you know, Kevin was the name of the horse, not the person. So when I say Kevin deserved it, it was the horse deserved it. And that's for you, Jim. We're, pl- we're, we're plugging you. Jim. <laughs> that was Jim's horse that died. <laughs> and then what was it? Mike said, you never named your horse? I go, but there's a space right there that says name of horse. I named my horse. I won't let Jolene near my horse. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you have a horse? No, I don't. <laughs> and I was telling Saul, I was, uh, I was, because I... She felt terrible. I felt terrible, but then also I really enjoyed it because you guys are so good at the rules and stuff, and I had so, a, ma- a certain amount of time to just get ready to run the game, right? And I'm like going, so even one night I'm all... Phil and, and Jim Ronima, can you look at this and tell me what you do, what happens when we get to this part? So that way, you know, you guys were all involved. I kind of felt bad about it, but you're all GMs and all know all the different things, so it, that helped me. And it was a lot of fun just listening to you guys. But Phil's been running a, a game on Saturday mornings. Uh, started off as one shots. Adventures. And then I could, but my one shots never turned into one shots. If they were a one shot, it was a fluke. Like they decided not to go on the adventure. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, sandbox is like, what do you guys do? Yeah. So, yeah, so how, how do you like GMing versus players? Like, I like playing better. Like playing better? Yeah. Yes. It's more satisfying, to say the least. Yeah. Because you already know behind the, sc- behind the scenes what the plot is about. And then it's also very difficult to at, at times difficult to get the players to do what you plan to do because sometimes they decide to do something else and you're like okay skip the adventure <laughs> let's just make some something up you know? Bill's doing a hand movement where he's throwing it over his shoulder <laughs> yeah well you know that's role playing right that's that's why you know for me I used to do that planning stuff and and work out everything, and and, and kind of think, well, the, the the players are obviously going to go never do left, right, at okay. this juncture. But but for some reason, you know, almost nine times out of ten, they will go the opposite direction. I'm like, and then you look at your players, like, what's wrong with you? Everything points this way, you know, other than point having an arrow in the <laughs> sky pointing. So I really got in your, you know, I was really stuck in your in your position, idea. you know, where I, I had nothing. I have nothing planned, and so what? What I would, what I've done now is I just kind of give them a problem, and I don't even think about how they're going to solve it because they're not going to solve it the same way I think about it. See, he can do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I just get the, the scenarios together and then say, okay, if they want to go that way, fine. Then they're going to encounter this over there because I don't know how to get them to go that which way they're right. supposed to go. And I just let them do whatever. I've bent the rules too. I've 
kidnapped the group uh, several times and going, <laughs> the, the vortex appears, you guys are sucked in, and it drops you oh, off really? here. Sure. I said, it worked on the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. <laughs> Dungeon Master appears and goes, wave of his hand, and you guys are swept away. <laughs> what are you going to do? What could they do? We were talking about that. It worked. It worked. It worked, yeah. Oh, you were playing I played. I played in the morning game. Okay. So. so who else is playing in one game? How many people are not you, but uh, how many people do you have? Four? Around four. Four, four or five. Four? Some, yeah, sometimes they don't, one person doesn't show up. Uh, actually, I introduced Phil to the group that plays on Saturday mornings. Although we've taken a hiatus for a little bit. So for how a few you, weeks. who are these people? I mean, from here? From Washington? Or? From Salinas. Oh. I... I Found them on Meetup. Just, just in case you don't know, Salinas is the center of the universe. <laughs> and I found them on Meetup and gave them, checked them out, and they're all right, guys. Uh, Phil, Phil fits right in with them. Uh, so, uh, and so I, I said, hey, I know this guy. He's, he's, I think he'll work well with you guys. And, and I knew I was going to be leaving, so. Oh, uh, okay. so it oh, worked so this out. Was a face-to-face group, yeah, face-to-face group. I definitely like the face-to-face better than online. Uh, yeah, I do too. Because you can you can see what's going on when you don't, and you can see people getting frustrated. You don't see it because on the, the roll twenty on the on the morning games, they're oh they're we don't use video. We didn't use video, uh, and so I thought, and also you know I didn't see that people were getting pissed off at times, and I thought it something was really funny, and they're like. Afterwards, they're like, Phil, you're being an asshole. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, oh, I am? I'm like, my bad. He goes, yeah, you were saying something. You were the only one laughing. I was like, oh, I was, wasn't I? <laughs> and then I felt bad. I apologize. Oh, this is online? Yeah, yeah, yeah online. So, but, but these well, are... I like it because... Well, I don't know. They're, they're, they're pretty rough kind of guys, too. I don't see how they could be... All of a sudden, they have emotions. <laughs> <laughs> well, since they do probably listen to your podcast, no offense. But it was uh, how to pronounce detergent or Hobart. Oh. What is it? How do you pronounce it? D'Artagnan. Exactly. D'Artagnan. I can't pronounce that word. Oh. And so I, I thought it was funny. Every time I said his name, I just was like, forget it. And then I just called him by his name. I'd say, uh, it's your turn. It's your turn, Adam. Okay, Johnny, what are you going to oh, do? Oh, yeah, he was getting pretty aggravated. Yeah. I, thought, I thought Phil was doing it on purpose, but. So, so hey, maybe you, were you playing? No. Oh. Were you playing? <laughs> yes. That is really hard because some people put names out there I can't pronounce. Right. I do that. And Saul, Saul does the same thing. Saul he will mispronounce on purpose. On purpose, yes. Well, no, well. Well, the first Sometimes, time, maybe not, but then The first ten that. times, it's not on purpose because he just doesn't care. It started <laughs> last night when we were just sitting down playing board games. Uh, we were sitting, Kathy was sitting next to Felipe and Augustine was next to Felipe on the other side. And she started calling Felipe Augustine and Augustine Felipe. So. Things like that happen, especially yeah. when you're around yeah. people all the time. So yeah. that was that was what was making them mad. Yeah, yeah. Failure D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan. Yeah, yeah D'Artagnan. Failure to call him that. Yeah. And actually, could. they they posted the video of it. You know, the YouTube clip, so I could see it. The word, because I think it's from Monty Python. No, no it's from the Three Musketeers. Oh, Three Musketeers. See, exactly. It's the you young know? kid that goes into town. To, he's the main character. Yeah. Okay. He's the fourth Musketeer. I don't know okay. this. I don't know this. The Three Musketeers are. Huh? Authors, I've read it. But Alexander Dumas. Yes. Dumas. I know. <laughs> Dumbass. If you, know. <laughs> if you don't know how to pronounce. Hey. Hey. Language. So that, that is hilarious. That is that is troublesome, but you're right. You never if you don't use cameras and you're not paying attention, you can like you're right. You're well, I people. like it the Friday night group that you guys have because we use Skype, so I can see you guys and I can tell who's talking. But then when I run the game, I'm like, okay, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> to well, I can remember that during the Paladin game, everybody was getting Fromandine wrong. Oh. <laughs> who's Fromandine? My character. <laughs> that was why I, I, well, you, I, stopped, you, I did that. I stopped, I, I calling, I stopped saying the, the name. I go, Felipe. It was, it was actually out of the book, so. Come on, Okay, well, I can say it. No problem. I couldn't. For some reason. <laughs> French is very difficult for me. I never could grasp it for some reason. Well, I took two years of French. So maybe. See, See, I'm a professional waiter. I, sell, I used to sell French wines, and so I would just murder it. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> like, what cat is serving me? 
Maybe oh, he, no. Maybe he thinks it's a bunch of war. Also, the different... I found it really challenging at times because there were different levels of player. Like, the guys I were playing with, a couple of them were... Actually, a few of them, more three, three of them, four of them, were really experienced. And I just started gaming again, like, the last couple of years, and I had never DM'd before, ever. Oh. And so all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, I'm, I can't. I was trying to do what they did, but it was kind of difficult at times. So how, how did you It can be up? intimidating because these guys, uh, you know, I showed up. I, I, I thought I knew a little bit about D&D 5th Edition. Oh, okay. And, and they were just come just recall the rules you know without even looking in the book right and i would say really and that doesn't sound right and sure enough they they were they were right and they it 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 seemed almost like they studied the books forward and back and and so it it can be intimidating when they know the rules just so well i think they just had good recall because they had played it for so for a while, they played uh, fourth Since edition. Since it came out, I guess. And third, you know, fifth edition, and you know, they had evolved with the rules quite yeah. a bit. Well, that happened when we ran that big game here at this convention, where we had the three tables. It was fifth edition for the D and D, and Steve had just started doing fifth edition. I mean, it, we hadn't done it for very long, maybe a year, and I he guess. didn't know the rules like he knew Pathfinder rules. Right. And all the people that sat at his table were like, I wanted to be in the D&D part. And they had, like, the rules memorized. Right. And so he freaked out because that was really, like, the first time he had run at a convention. And so he did not have a good experience. We broke him that day. Because those guys were, like, all over. Well, they were, like, they were rules lawyers, right? So they knew, the, or maybe not rules lawyers, but they knew the rules. And so every time he made a, a ruling, they would correct them and say, and then they would kind of be... So, yeah, so it was not a good experience for him. Yeah. But it was, you know, he did okay. He did okay. I think. He survived. He did. Yes, survive. he did survive. He's alive, yeah. I, I just talked to him. He's still gaming. He's still gaming, yeah. Yes, he's in an eight-hour game today. He started at 8 o'clock in the morning. He's one of his priority slips. Ooh. Yeah, they gave him two because of their bad experience with the hotels. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. they gave him probably a few perks there. Oh. I did learn a lot, though. Uh, I learned that uh, to keep the game going forward and if you had a question or if I didn't know the rule just trust the players to know the rules and then write the question down and look it up later yeah. and that way I could actually get back into the rules more I wouldn't right. just like skip it out and go okay whatever dude I'll see you guys next week you know and so That's and I can, I can make changes yeah. and so I had an ongoing you know uh, document I just had a word doc and I would just type up some stuff you know of all these different questions that would come up and see how they worked, or if it didn't work. It, That's a good idea. It, it helped the gameplay a lot. And then afterwards, I would uh, ask uh, Adam, uh, so what do you think? What, what can I do to make it better? And, uh, and, uh, and he was, he was and he's, candor. He's free to, he feels pretty free to give opinions. He he's very, yeah. <laughs> you have to ask him twice. He's very knowledgeable and likes well, to express good. it. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah. so how did you get picked to run the game? It turned, I was going to do a one-shot. Right? Yeah, I said, who wants to do it? And I go, yeah, I'll do a one-shot. I'm all. Because somebody can't, you know, usually a GM sometimes can't make it. And so they say, who wants to run the next game? Because they didn't want to stop uh, playing every, you know, so, for. So there's a, a group of Salinas that you play with face-to-face? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And well, some of them. They have friends that have moved out of the area, so yeah. it gives them an opportunity to play with people that they can't face to face. Yeah, there was uh, two new guys that joined our group, and one started working again. You know, that's just what happens in life. And uh, one guy moved away. Uh, that I, moved we were away. Doing, yeah, I moved away. I moved away. Felipe moved away, and <laughs> there were still four of us. And then um, I'm a guy. Nick moved away. He he moved to Virginia. Oh wow! You know, to start his own practice. You know, he's a physical therapist, and so he wanted to start his own practice. So, his wife's in the, you know family lived there, and so he moved there. Yeah, you makes know? sense. And 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 so it was. Uh, so there was the the face to face wasn't uh, optimal. It was what I wanted, but it just didn't happen. And so we just started switching off. You know, Johnny Adam was usually a DM. Johnny was doing the DM. Um, and then I said, Well, I'll try it. Well, how else are you going to learn to DM? 
You know, what better way to be around a bunch of experienced players and right. and give it a go? You know, most of the happen is that they quit. <laughs> or, you know, or just tell you, no, no, you're yeah, not you're right. Saying, you know, yeah, I took the opposite tact. I started get, doing it for kids when yeah. the boys were little. That way, they, but they were they got out the books and did the same thing. Yeah, they yeah. well. Now they're rules lawyers. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, they're really maximizing. Which, which is really bad for me because if everybody at the table knows the rules and I'm doing, I'm being the GM, I, I feel more comfortable that. They're gonna t- they're gonna argue with each other about it, and then I can figure out and just go. Well, I think we'll just do it this way, and then you know, and then they all go okay. So, <laughs> except for Paladin, I was like, I had no idea that that, that thing is full of rules. That's kind of old school. Thing, is it? Seems like hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. And there was one there was one module that I used, and it was a total disaster. Total. Disaster. Oh, total disaster. It was. I, I had found oh, maps the, and tokens. The investigative one? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Investigative uh, scenarios are very difficult to do. Very. Especially if you've never done them before. I have never done one before. <laughs> and I read it and I was all, oh, this is awesome. I think that they would really like this. You know, that, they could, I, I they could do I, stuff I, yeah, that I wasn't just hack and fun. slash. Yeah. You know, or dungeon crawl. So what, why, what happened? They're not detectives. We're not detectives. <laughs> we don't know how to ask the right questions. Okay. Uh, the module wasn't set up to where... Now, this is d d Yes. Oh. Yes. Right. Yes. It was a murder mystery. Oh. And so you, there were clues, and you have to have basically more than just one check or one clue at one time for one person, you know, because if the four of them miss the check or miss oh. the clue, you miss... you you. It makes it hard to pick up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they try, and also they were, there's always the part where they're doing things I didn't expect them to do. Like they just wanted to use intimidation on everybody. And I was like, I didn't know how to use that. I didn't even know what the heck it was. I was like, what's that? That's hilarious. Use intimidation on everybody. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's not good. You know, persuasion, yeah, you could sweet talk them. Intimidation right. is threatening. Yeah. You know, and how do you check against it? I was like, oh, I don't know. Now you use your charisma. You know, you make a charisma check, their intimidation check, I think. And I could probably be wrong. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> But that's, okay. that's what I did, yeah. and that way, if they uh, the, and then I measured the difference. So if it was a big difference, like a, a huge loss, and they're really successful, it's like they were telling them about stuff they did in their childhood, you know, because they were scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other other parts were like you know, and also it was a military outpost, and so it's hard to use intimidation on military officers. Yeah, because they're in charge, right? Yeah, it's but they think the, the the graceful part of it is that there was a phase two. Where it turns into the hack and slash dungeon crawl, uh, you know. After they, if they sound, get up to a point, and it, and it didn't matter who was guilty, it was up to the clues they found, and for them to make a decision as a group to find to prove to, to prove who was guilty. And there was the murder, sp- you know, of course the butler, and of course the butler did it. He was he was the guilty party. That's hilarious. And the three uh, military op- top officers were. Uh, they were, you know, all three of them could have been because they all had reasons to do. Oh yeah, that motive. Yeah, motive to kill their their the, the yeah, general. I, I, I guess the superior. The, yeah, running an, an investigative game in D and D, you really have to have an idea of how uh, how things are going to get done, right? Because D and D is not an investigative game. Correct. Right? The yeah. rules are not built for that. Our friend Mike had a good idea in that you should probably, for investigative purposes go with the person that had the highest role, not necessarily, not look for a, a specific check. Yes. Uh, number to, to go over and just go with whoever rolled the highest. Yeah, I mean, and that, if I was doing that, I would just let them roll uh, whatever they're rolling, and then I would just give it to somebody if they made a good roll. Right? I, I, would, I don't know how to do that. The thing is, in investigative games, as Saul's talked to me about, you have to just give out clues. Correct. Uh, you can't hold them back. Correct. You don't have the, really, don't have yeah, the players yeah, check. If they need this critical clue, yes. give it to them. Yes. You know? But they have to go, we look in the room. It's like, okay, if you even said look. <laughs> <laughs> I looked down. Here's a clue. Here you go. <laughs> here, here you go. You walked up into the room. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. In fact, there was this, this guy called, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robin D. Laws. He played D&D and does all this other stuff. But, but he, he thought... He really likes investigating you know, uh, books and stuff like that. So he goes, D&D doesn't work. And a lot of role-playing games don't work in investigation because 
it's like that classic uh, dungeon, right? They need to be to go to the dragon court room. They need to go by the secret door, and they need to find the secret door. If they don't find the secret door, they can't get past. So what would you do? So it's the same thing would be would happen in a in a investigative game. If they don't get that clue, especially if it's important, the game is stalled, right? You're, you're, the game is done. So he goes. So his all his games are called gumshoe system. He says you give them a clue no matter if they have a, a skill. Let's say it's forensics or you know people cut up dead people off the Is that forensics? Yeah, anyway, so you give them a clue and then they can roll. They can roll, and if they you know if they have a skill that they can roll with that applies, then they can roll. And then if they if they do well roll well, then you give them more clues or more. Uh, more specific information, but you always give them a clue to get them to the next level, and then the other and, the, and the, the more detailed clues give them more information to deal with any problems that might arise at the next location or wherever they're going. So, so I really like that idea. You know, every gumshoe system uses that same D and D is harder for to do that with because the characters are, are built for war, right? right? Right. So when you have an orc with a with a, a not an orc, I'm sorry. Like Alan usually plays a uh, barbarian or August, that's what was their thing, barbarians, and they never had really high intelligence or, or wisdom. To, or wisdom. So it's kind of hard when some orc is kind of some uh, barbarian okay. is walking up to you and going. Can you tell me? Yeah. Uh, Trying to do an Amway salesman pitch to you? Yeah. yeah. Well, going back to something Phil said and you covered in the podcast before, uh, also with the documenting, especially in the, an investigative game, you have to write down what you found. And yeah. through the gaming group that I'm in now, uh, which they call, the guy started calls it the Chairborn Rangers. Uh, his, in his game, or and he's gotten the group to follow suit, is that he provided a large blank uh, journal book and requires one person out of the group to take notes. take notes. They're allowed to take notes however they want. If they want to draw pictures, if they want to uh, do it in first person, third person, whatever, it, as long as they write down the main things that happen during the game. Uh, but going back to the investigative, it pays to have somebody write down what they found. Uh, and also, and in regular gameplay, it's really good to have a journal. And in, even in Roll20, uh, to have the GM create a journal uh, book or note where people can add to it and if there's a lag in time you you can go back and look at those notes and refresh your memory uh, as to what happened. I know I, I hadn't thought about that. So that should be one of the first things that GM should do is make a journal that everybody can can write in that is a, for the group on Roll20. The loop page. Yes. Yeah. The what? The loop page. The yeah, yeah, in the Saturday morning they call it the loot yeah. journal. <laughs> the treasure. The loot. You know? yeah. And also it's a way for the, uh, you can get the GM to go in and he can add stuff to it too and go, oh, this is new, this is stuff. Right. You know, this is something. This, this is something you forgot. Or something, that. something that I forgot. I wouldn't say the players forgot. Right. You know, I would take responsibility because yeah. no, I don't yeah. want them to feel bad. But if it was, well, he did it one time, he, he took our chat window that we had written stuff down and he cut and pasted and put it into our journal, and I thought it was a great idea. Because I had never, up until then or lately, we have you know we've been playing for five or six years. I think my my account's been since 2013. Now, you know, yeah, we like, played uh, Savage Worlds a few times yeah, and all kinds of games. I think we even played uh, was it? yeah we played all kinds of games. I did Mutant Chronicles even. Oh yeah. So, and, uh, Deadlands. so yeah, we haven't started doing the journal thing until recently. Yeah. Well, since uh, I started playing here or up in Washington, and so where you know it was a physical journal, right? And yeah. then I thought, well, that makes a great idea to even do it in Roll Twenty, so yeah. you can. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah, Steve's been doing that with our Pathfinder game. Well, he, we, was. Well, he was. He was with the path. It was Pathfinder, wasn't it? Oh, Pathfinder. And then he did it with D and D too. 
but he would always write down what, especially the loot, because the boys would always go, what was that magical item that I got? Because Saul's really stingy about giving out magical items. <laughs> so and then Steve would go, okay. That would be nice. That would just be a Uh-oh. Again. <laughs> I won't use that. We thing. had a technical. Seriously, Saul? What? Anyway. So, uh, so it sounds like you've gone back to my beginning days of uh, stinginess in, in me. In I don't think I'm stingy. Magical items. No, no. <laughs> they, it's, it's, that was one of the biggest complaints when I was, originally yeah, yeah. ran D and D. It was a, a, a grim world where <laughs> money was tight and and so were magical world. weapons. You know, I've actually gone back to that kind of. Kind of I want to run that kind of game, right? Where, where players aren't rolling the dough. Like these guys in the DD Fifth Edition that game I was running, I don't think they worry about money. There's no worries about money. Well, and like, you don't even count it? They don't even count oh, it? Oh, no, they count it. No, they definitely count <laughs> no, it. No, they, they give but it. Because they, they want to buy it. stuff, right? They go, I want to buy a plus three sword. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. And they're like, oh, I got 56,000 gold. Like, okay, I'll take that 56,000 gold. You know, because, but see, I. Yeah, I've given him way too much money. Go oh, down we to uh, Aaron's short, time, short shop. We, yeah. we did the, we went, <laughs> we were helping the giants. They gave us stuff. Yeah. Phil has uh, his game. You can go down to the magic shop and buy stuff. Yeah. Yes, you can buy magic, uh, you know, but also it's, I go by the DMG. It's pricey, yeah. though. Yeah. It, yeah. I go by the price. If it's common, it costs, you know, it's tier. Oh, no, I, I double it because they have so much money. But, oh, yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't give out too much money yeah. like that. I think... I became really stingy because when we first played, when I played oh, with yeah. Saul and his, his two friends, um, and my friends now, uh, it was, I was not stingy at all. No. It, it was, I gave out so much stuff that they had to uh, buy a wagon to put all their magical stuff in it. And then when it came down to combat, they would say, okay, well, let me look through my swords and see which one I need for this. Oh, this is a demon? Okay, but here's my demon. Well, no wonder. Three here's demon my demon sword. slayer. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I wonder, giant slayer. It was hilarious. So uh, it was so a he, learning was curve. A so it, it, yeah. It was. No, but, that makes right. perfect sense. But, you, but it, weren't you, it was basically. And, and it kind of, the game, the original game ended right there when I realized they were, you know, they were carrying, that they had to have a wagon to carry all their magical stuff because they couldn't carry it. On a person or a horse. No, but it was funny because I thought you were rolling just on the table. Right? I was, actually, yeah. I was. I yeah. was. So it wasn't like it was against the rules or he was being extremely lenient. It's just the way the rules were written. That yeah, there was percentages for right. a magical items, a certain amount of money, and it was straight out of there. Uh, that was original D&D, I think. Yes, yes. And then when it went to AD&D, he, that's when he became stingy. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to do that that's again. That's when he became stingy. That's when he stingy. That's hilarious. Yeah. Now and, I know. Yeah, I know. So I'm actually more inclined to want to run and play that more gritty you know, game than, like, maybe not... I've, I've I've been in both ends, yeah. And the the gritty no magic was like boring. It was not boring. It was just it holds back because as you leveled up, the monsters increased in difficulty, but it made it more challenging for the characters because they didn't have that. They didn't have the edge. They didn't have the magic they needed that the game right. balances into. Oh yeah, yeah. There's that game balance. Yeah. And so Especially you would have to like tone down your monsters a little bit because you didn't have that magic, and it was like. Well, like I, I think I talked about in my podcast, my players are much better at tactics than I am. And now that they have, the, 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 there's eight of them, right? Eight of you? Eight of you versus me. And, you know, and it's so, not versus. It is versus. <laughs> and so in, 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 the, in the tactical combat arena, not in the role-playing aspect yeah, of the game, right? I am, I am my player's best advocate, right? Because I want them to have fun. I want them to succeed. But when it comes down to combat... It's like I have I have to do with eight different people who are very good at their characters. Where you know maybe I've kind of looked at my monster for the last twenty minutes or an hour. It doesn't compare to somebody who's built their character for the past year and knows exactly you know, how to maximize their battle potential. Where yeah. I'm like, oh, 
oh, I, I, I'm constantly going, oh, this guy had this ability before he was dead, you know, within two minutes of the, of that, and that. I found a great site online that you can go in and make your own dungeon, and you can put in the, the level of the characters, and it gives you monsters. And I did that the last time yeah. we played with that group. And kicked our ass. And the monsters, I made sure the monsters were, because these guys can kill them without any problem, right? So I made sure the monsters were really, really hard. And they loved it. Was it dungeon or donjon or something? Yes, yes, that was it. It was, it was yeah. great. They had they had a lot of fun with that. Donjon, donjon, dungeon generator. Yes, works definitely. great. And yes. Augustine and Alan were like shocked, and they were like, oh, and they got so excited because they could actually had to do more than one. They were worried to, to like slam that. them out. <laughs> I thought you did die. Oh, I've been knocked down all the time. See, but my character is normal, not over the top like the little. Like, I literally have 80 hit points. That's it. I mean... But well, not die. I meant go unconscious. Yeah. And going like into the, the, the... rogue has, like... Bleeding like out. 30 more hit points than I did. The rogue. Yeah. And I'm a paladin. Yeah. Right? I'm like, okay. How do I combat that? Yeah. Oh, I can't compete. My, my, and it was the same level, right? The 10th level. So I just rolled up... I didn't have a character for the game. So I just rolled up a character. And, you know, rolled them up. And, and, but, uh, no, I can't compete with them. Me, my character can get easily beat up by any, any other character in the game, in a, in a party. Did you roll poorly on the dice for hit points? Uh, I, I don't think I rolled that poorly. I just, Maybe you did it wrong. Uh, no, I, I played a rogue and in the group in Selena and they just knew how to maximize their characters. Yes. In fact, yeah. uh, the, the main guy whose house we played at, uh, early on, he looked at my character and said, why are you putting that there? And, uh, and that number there, uh, you should raise this a little higher. I go, well, that's not how I see my character right. uh, that I'm going to play. And you should pick this skill or this feat because you're going to get the most out of it. I go, but I don't see my character doing that or having that skill. Yes. And he's like shaking his head at me. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> so, that, so the head shake of the When it came to big fights, like you said, my character had a really hard time. He had to keep really keep in the shadows yeah. as a rogue uh, to avoid being hit because he just couldn't take it. Right. And then, yeah, exactly. So that's exactly the difference between somebody who's, what do they call it? Optimized and somebody who isn't. And, but you're optimizing. You didn't want to optimize. It's not part of your character. That your character. My character concept. Yeah. I optimize just because I can. <laughs> I make it my character concept. I want to do the most damage I can. Otherwise, I'm like, because that monster's gonna come along. And uh, when you're a wizard, you get to smack down hard. Trust me. I played a wizard, even optimized. I've What's many, many, many times been knocked out. Oh. You know, hit, brought down to zero. And some of it was like, of my own thinking, I'm thinking, okay, this thing has, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, enveloped me, and it has teeth that are being, you know, grinded, <laughs> yeah, oh, eaten, you know, like, Tronosaurus Rex, you know, kind of swallowed whole, and I've decided to do a polymorph, well, you know, I'm, of course, if I'm in a, a, a barbed mouth, and I turn into something bigger, <laughs> I'm, there's a chance I'm going to get damaged, and lo and behold, it happened, you know, knocked me unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. <laughs> Let's not do that again. That's hilarious. When you're swallowed whole, don't do it. That's anymore. a great story, though. Yeah. Don't polymorph in a barbed environment. Oh, <laughs> so you got saved, though. Yeah, I didn't die. <coughs> yeah. They, they, your party came and cut you open. Cut the monster open and got you out. They healed me uh, while I was still... Uh, inside? Inside. <laughs> so they said... <laughs> of course, because they didn't give me another chance to screw it up myself. They didn't... <laughs> The DM didn't need to do anything. He goes, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, yeah. I want to polymorph into a Trinosaurus Rex. And he goes, okay. Let's roll. <laughs> yeah, it was funny up to a point. They were laughing. Yes. I was. So, so that's what I do with the boys. I just take my, when I'm the sorceress, I just go straight where I want to go. And I assume that they're going to follow me and save me because they usually do. Because <laughs> they talk about what nice they're going to do. Yes. They talk for a long time about what they're going to do, and I get tired of it. So you're the Leroy Jenkins of the party. I am. <laughs> and I've been hurt for it, too. I, I go down. You stand in the fire? Yeah. Well, yeah. she, she, she what, what do you call it, lead by example, right? So she just, 
she takes off running sometimes or heads into whatever danger there is while they're going, well, we should really go should we, should we go save them? No, and no, I'm no. like going, I just go for it. Yeah, or, or they're like, well, what are our chances, right? So they start number crunching, you know. Well, there's all there's this and many of them. You know, they probably have this kind of spells and this kind of... And then, and then she goes, just forget about that. And she takes off. So they're like, oh... Okay. Here they come. <laughs> they have to. Oh, they lose their mate, right? Yeah. And I always tell them, don't get in front of me yes. so I can, because I throw a so every once in a while. And does. every once in a while, they go, I go, don't get in front of me. And they go, oh, I go, I can't throw a spell if you're right in front of me. Yes, that's how So conventions, uh, you know, we, me and Felipe, well, Felipe and me started going to Pacific Con, I forget, mid, early mid 80s, 82, 83. And you, when was the first convention you went to? I want to say it's Pacific on also. No, I think it was like 85, 86. Okay. Yeah, the group of us, you know, we were in high school, and so they would get free stay at the hotel room if they worked the convention. Right. Was that Pacific on? Yeah. I have the T-shirt. I still have the T-shirt. Oh, wow. Yeah. The security then? Yeah, it was security. Wow. Okay. Oh, it must have been the time I got the, his group with Randy. And, Randy the, and the Blakes. Dawn, yes. Yeah. yeah. I got them to. to I remember get that. It was, that. it was the second year because I was like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to work for a hotel room in like some city that I'm like, how are we going to get there? We didn't have a car. I didn't have a car. <laughs> I know you were too young, I think, probably. 85 you were. No, I had. Uh, 16? No, I just didn't have a car. Oh, you didn't have a car. I didn't have a job. <laughs> so, so, why do you like conventions? Why do you like coming to conventions? To see my friends. Really? Yeah. That's it. That's it. That that. That's the main reason. That's the main wow. reason because I know that you guys are going to be here more than likely. I've come to conventions and uh, uh, I was hopeful that you guys were going to be here and you guys weren't here, so I just left. I was, really? Yeah. It happened once. I I walked around. I didn't see anybody I knew. I didn't see the maze. You guys. Sleep. I was like, ah, I'll go home. Last year? Or a few years ago? Where'd you go? Years ago? Must Pacifico. Uh, no, I don't think it was Pacific Con. Was it Cool Con? No, I wouldn't. No. no, I can't remember. It was one of them. I, I, is is there the parking lot across the street here? Like, there's a four-lane road over this direction. I don't know. No. Anyways, yeah, I can't okay. remember which one. So maybe just meet up with people that you play with. Yeah. Uh, face to face. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you, Felipe? Uh. I come play games. I mean, originally I didn't know what to expect um, when we, you know, the first few times. And working as a volunteer at the convention was cheap. Really, all we had to do was pay for gas and a little bit of food, and we're golden. So, and it became better or easier when you were staying in a room with people you knew. Right, right. But, um, but after a while, I decided, okay, uh, there's a lot of people having fun here. Why not play games, you know, instead of just hanging around and, and volunteering? So, um, that, so I come play play games. So you play, uh, you know, I remember doing the convention thing when it first started in volunteering. We hardly played it. We never played with like, you know, we never paid, we never paid to play in the convention game because specific on was, you paid for every game. But then uh, once we started coming here, uh, I think it was like 91 when we came here, when I first came here, it was like games are free. And so you sign up and play as long as you, you know, pay the con price. So I was really amazed at that. And then I, we played it a lot. Then I started playing it. Right. That was, yeah, that was one of the deterrents also because I, I was poor, so yes. I, I could afford, once I afforded the gas to get to the convention, I didn't have a lot of free money, and I definitely didn't want to pay to uh, play in, in a game that I didn't know who was running and if I would have any fun. Uh, although that first year we did volunteer, uh, we did find a, three people in the, that were getting ready to play in the hallway. In the hallway. And... and and so we played for free uh, that one time. Yeah, we, we played Elric. Yes, yes. And in fact, and it worked out that we had a room at the hotel because we said, 
why don't we play in the hallway? Why don't we just go to the room? Oh, they go, you got a room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we play in the room. They're like, what are we doing in the hallway? So, so we play in the room. Yeah, that's right. And it was funny because like the person that was supposed to room with us, one of them was like, oh, I, my, I'm going to stay with my friends. Because he was in security, but they assigned him to our room. So we only had... And the other guy didn't show up. And the other guy didn't show up. So yeah, we had a room to ourselves. After the, yeah, after the first day. Yeah. Pretty but yeah, I, I think uh, I come here to try out, every once in a while I try the game or try the uh, role playing game usually. And then you, you learn to play different board games. You know, like different friends come here and people you don't know and they're like, oh, they might need a player and so we jump into a game. You know, that's how we picked up, uh, you know, we started, you know, what is it, the Lords of Waterdeep. You know, we started, we tried to heal with a friend, really liked it, so we bought it, bought the game. And a lot of that stuff happens. You know. mm -hmm. I gotta go. All right. All right. Thanks for talking. See you, Where are you going? Yeah, see you. We need to take a break. All right. All right. All right. Okay. I might show. Come back later. Okay. Cool. We are at eleven o'clock. We have another half hour. An hour? How long do you guys do a podcast for? Usually, we do a podcast for thirty minutes. Thirty, thirty-five. And then you edit it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they come down to about thirty minutes. Yeah. And then, and then uh, I don't you know. There's not a lot of he a lot of heavy editing. I don't you know, take out a whole bunch of stuff. I just take out like, every once in a while. There's a mistake or I stutter. You know, I go la, 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 la. You know, I, I say the same thing over like three times and really quick. And I'm like, man, I, I don't I don't realize I'm such a stutter sometimes. And so I take those out so I don't sound as dumb. Hmm. Other than that, that's about it. Hey, I can't remember what convention it was. Like it was like because it wasn't like uh. Oh, that where you showed up and nobody was here. Yeah, it wasn't like nobody. The convention was yeah. there. It was yeah. just like I'd rather. I was thinking to myself, well, if they're not here, I'm gonna go to a comic book store. That's what I'm gonna do because yeah. I'm a comic book collector, and so I'd rather go shopping for comics, you know, instead of dropping fifty bucks oh, yeah. and hanging out with strangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, fifty bucks, I can get like a handful and go to a comic store I haven't been to. <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's right. You like comics. Well, you, you, yeah, you went. You go to those uh, toy comic shows too, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah the San Jose Super Toy Show. Coming up, yeah. March sixth and seventh. <laughs> There's a free plug. You listen you to this. Give them credit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's at the fairgrounds, so, right? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, nobody else is coming by, so we can meet. Yeah, we're getting then we can go play games. Yes. Yeah. So, this is Game in Perspective with so? Angeline. Have a great day. This is more of an interview with the guys. The guys. The guys. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, I'll take out the stuff. Yeah. The gut, the people's are right there. I saw the movie. I have to use the bathroom.